0: Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 45 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Marin and I'm the host of the podcast. Thank you all for the support on last week's episode with Walker Snowden, especially on social media. Y'all killed it by the way, but a lot of the promotion of that episode involved his recent submission win where he put his opponent to sleep, right? And for episode 45, this fighter also put his last opponent to sleep. This one was with a rear naked choke on August 26th, improving his record to 4-3 and three as an amateur mixed martial artist. It's the one and only Liam the Hitman Hamill. Thanks for coming on the show, Liam, and welcome to Forge in Ohio, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. So, coming into this fight, I was... Looking for the knockout on the feet. so i uh, it was cool getting my first submission. i I hit him once. I rocked him once. I landed a good right hand and he shot shot a shot, and I sprawled out. And it was actually a anaconda, not a real naked chug. It was an anaconda. And uh, I knew once I locked it in, it was over, it was tight. So um it was cool getting my first submission because I haven't had a submission yet.
0: Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that because I know the announcers were calling it an anaconda choke, but on Tapology it was listed as a rear naked choke. So okay. in your opinion, anaconda choke through and through, that's the submission you got.
1: Yeah, yeah, anaconda.
0: All right, and how are you feeling just a, a few days removed from that incredible win? Obviously, it was on the 26th. We're talking on the 31st. How are you feeling just like five days removed from the fight?
1: Feeling good, man. I'm trying to get something else scheduled. I didn't take any damage. I haven't taken any damage my last two fights trying to stay active, knock out a couple more uh, amateur fights, get an amateur belt, and then looking to turn pro when the time is right, somewhere around uh, the end of the year, beginning of next year, first couple months. So uh, I feel great, though. Yeah, like I said, I didn't take any damage, so i ready to get back in there.
0: For sure, and I want to talk about your future plans here in a minute, but sticking with this fight on the 26th, Right out of the gate, you landed a few leg kicks, had that huge slam takedown, and then forced him to shoot after that strong right hand. What was your actual game plan heading into this fight?
1: You know, heading into this fight, my game plan was just to um, keep it on the feet. So I've only been training since I was, um, I've been training for like three and a half years, but I wrestled my whole life. I wrestled all growing up. So my first couple fights, I was wrestling a lot. And I wasn't using my hands, so I was like, I need to get more comfortable in here using my hands, man, and be a mixed martial artist, not just a wrestler. So um, a lot of these guys, they they uh, stick to their strong suit, but with it being amateur, man, I'm trying to get as well-rounded as I can, you know what I mean? So the game plan was, was to keep it on the feet. I love the striking aspect of MMA, man. I, there's nothing like cracking somebody in the head
0: yeah and you have plenty of experience cracking guys in the head that's for sure and this submission win you kind of mentioned it before but did you know that when he shot and you wrapped up that submission that based on the positioning and i guess where your hands were that you could finish the fight with that anaconda choke?
1: yeah yeah like i said um he shot a shot and i sprawled out pretty well and um, as soon as i got my hand locked to my bicep i i pretty much knew because i had it locked in pretty tight but um I thought he was going to tap, man. He went to sleep, so re- respect to him for uh, not tapping. I'd probably do the same thing. If, if it's not like an arm bar or a leg submission, I'm probably going to go to sleep, too. if I'm not going to tap. So
0: For sure, and I know you have experience putting guys to sleep in the past, but what was your reaction when you felt him fall asleep and then saw him laying on the canvas unconscious after the submission win?
1: You know, I respect everyone who gets in the cage, and uh, I I got excited. I did a backflip off the cage, and uh, I was just filled with emotion. You know, I was excited. I really started um, working hard this year. You know, I kind of fully committed to fighting, quit my job, and just really want to make this happen. When I first started, man, I was only training like three times a week and just relying on uh, the fact that I knew how to wrestle and my athletic ability, so I wasn't really doing it. And I was fighting some tough opponents, so... It took me um, taking a couple losses to really learn and um, move forward in this sport. And it's helped me grow a lot. So um, I'm excited uh, for the future because I'm really putting in the work now. So
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of fans in Ohio MMA should be excited too. Once again, talking to Liam the Hitman Hamill on Forged in Ohio. How does that most recent win rank among the best moments of your amateur career so far?
1: You know, the knockout the knockout was cool, but that was, that was cool, man, that was pretty cool, because I, uh, dude, I went on a three-fight losing streak, like, it took me, and like I said, I just wasn't, I wasn't putting in the work in, man, I was kind of putting in minimal effort, and expecting top results, so it took me losing, and kind of hitting rock bottom, and realizing, like, hey, if you really want to do this, it's time to go, like, put the work in get in good shape because I was fighting at 185 and I wasn't cutting any weight and like you can look at the people I've fought Zane Havener he's he's got a belt in b2 I fought for the belt back uh, back in April against Todd Pickett which uh, he's a tough opponent too great jujitsu guy I rocked him in the first round. And just not being in the cage in so long, having bad fight IQ, I make a couple little mistakes and it gets stopped in the first round. I wasn't hurt or nothing, but, you know, it's amateur. They're trying to protect the fighters. Christian Floyd, he's 5-1. He's a he's a big body. You know, i fought. I try to fight tough opponents. I'm not going out here looking to fight dudes who are just kind of doing it for fun. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get ready for pro because I definitely want to fight pro, so.
0: So, you're now on that two-fight win streak, but before that, you mentioned it. You had lost three fights in a row. Was there pressure for you coming off those three fights to pick up a win and not fall subject to a fourth consecutive loss on the amateur scene?
1: Man, honestly, there uh, there was always pressure, I feel like. You know, having my uncle's name behind me, I remember uh, I've been wrestling my whole life. So, like, my first fight, I was pretty nervous, And uh, I fought Elijah Woodruff. He's actually one of my teammates now. And he's had a bunch of amateur fights, too, um, in Ohio. But he's from the Dayton area. There was always, I feel like there was always pressure on me, man. Just walking in, like I remember my first weigh-ins, I walked in. And, like, we weren't even supposed to be stepping on the scale. And my uncle, he's deaf. My uncle was like, Liam, hop on the scale real quick. And nobody said nothing to him because it was my uncle. They just let me, like, hop on the scale and check my weight. So, uh, no, it's cool, man. I, I just feel like there was always pressure, you know. I want to build my name, build my fan base, because it's not just fighting, man. I want to build an army behind me and take this thing far, see where I can take it. So,
0: Yeah, and with Team Hammer, it certainly seems like you can do that. You have the, the people around you to be able to do that. But in amateur MMA, you see fighters sometimes leave the game after losing... Uh three fights in a row or just on a simple losing streak all the time. Was it difficult, especially mentally going through that stretch in your career? Did you know that, like you said, you just weren't putting the work in, and once you did, the results will show
1: yeah, definitely man i just i I had to come down and just be honest with myself and just uh my whole life man, i was uh I was an all state running back in high school and I, I was partying a lot in high school and just doing whatever. And, you know, I had schools offering me to come play football for them. And I remember we got a new coach my senior year and me and him butted heads a little bit. You know, I faced a little adversity and I quit. I was a state placer in my eighth grade year in, in middle school wrestling. I come up into the high school uh, my freshman year. I get hurt, you know, kind of get a little burned out from wrestling. I quit wrestling for two years. And uh, I came back my senior year, qualified for state. It got canceled because of COVID. But even being two years removed, you know, I went, I went and I was, I was, man, it would go to the, whenever I'd wrestle tough dudes and go to the third period, because I wasn't working that hard. When I'd wrestle other dudes who were top in the state, I would, uh, whenever I'd face adversity, man, I'd break. So it was, it took me, MMA taught me, has taught me a lot, man, just mentally and, when 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 I when it hit that point again where I, I kept losing, man, I was like, all right, it's time to, you know, grow up and just face this as a man and learn from my losses. And I honestly have learned from, like, my first two losses at 185, dude, I was so, like, I wasn't running. I wasn't going and doing cardio, man. And it took me, man, being in the cage in that third round, feeling like I was swimming underwater and someone's trying to hurt me. I was like, all right. I'm never getting back in the cage like that again. So, you know, the, the fight this year was just, um, you know, knocking the rust off and, um, it wasn't more so that I was out of shape. It was just, I hadn't been in there in a while. And, you know, I, I dropped him with a red hand. I got excited and, you know, it is what it is. I learned from it. I would love to, uh, have that rematch. If, uh, if I could get it, I would love to fight him, but I'll fight whoever, man. I'm, I've been offered a couple fights already this week. So, uh, got to figure that out and
0: see what I'm going to do. So, that feeling in the third round of that fight where you feel like you're underwater in a way, how do you make sure you get motivated by that feeling to make sure you don't feel that way again rather than being defeated by that feeling and saying, hey, maybe this really isn't for me? Or did that thought really never come across your, your, uh, head?
1: No, man. I knew, um, uh... I know I'm a fighter. It's uh, it's in my blood. Me and my brothers, man, have been beating the crap out of each other since we've been kids. I uh, even like I said, I ran the football my whole life, man. I would I would purposely run my head into people as hard as I could, and like the first the first I remember the first play of football, I would always try to run at someone helmet to helmet as hard as I could just to let them know like I'm not scared to get hit, and uh, that's. Um, I've only had one fight where I didn't really throw my hands. And that's when I was like, I, that was another thing. I was just, I was wrestling the whole time. And I was like, dude, well, this is MMA, man. Throw your hands. And it was a, it was a split decision loss. It was a close fight. Could have gone either way. It was in this hometown. But I just wish I would have done more with my hands. I just wasn't throwing my hands at all. I don't know if I wasn't comfortable or nothing. But no, it never crossed my mind that this wasn't for me. I know this was for me. I just had to. Like I said, be honest with myself, man, and start putting the work in.
0: So so what position did you play in football, by the way? I was a running back. Running back? And yeah. sounds like head-to-head contact. Did you get a lot of targeting penalties on you? Nah, nah.
1: <laughs> if it was a play, I, I played fullback and halfback, man. They would give me the ball a lot. Yeah, you can, uh, when we get off here, you can look up my huddle highlights. On You just look up Liam Hamill. My, like I said, I quit my senior year, but you can see my junior year highlights.
0: All right. I saw your MMA fights on YouTube, but I'll definitely have to link that in the the podcast description. Maybe people watching or listening can can watch those highlights, too.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So usually I start by talking about the fighters upbringing in the sport, but I wanted to get right into that most recent win. So let's talk about your background for a bit here on the back end of the show. And you kind of mentioned it a little bit about how you started wrestling. But how did you actually kind of start in combat sports? I know your uncle, too. But what's your story?
1: Yeah, so like I said, man, I, I wrestled from the time I was four all the way up. And I took some time off in high school, like I said. I was going to go. So I came back my senior year. I still, and I qualified for state. And I had a couple of schools talking to me. And I decided to go to Thomas Moore. I had an athletic scholarship to get wrestled at Thomas Moore. I got to Thomas Moore, I was there for like four weeks. And I was never a big school guy. So I was like, you know, I came home. And I was like, I don't think school is for me. And uh, I reached out to my uncle. My uncle had recently, so yeah, it's been. It was, my uncle had recently moved back, and I knew he was training MMA because he he lived up in Utica. So my uncle had moved back, and um, texted him, was like, "Yo, I want to start training MMA," and started training. And then I think like five months into training, I took a fight. I uh, won my first fight. So. But now I just—that's really all it was. There's no crazy, crazy backstory. I just—I went to school to go wrestle. Realized I didn't want to do school, and I knew I loved. Uh, I'm a competitor. Knew I loved sports. So I was like, man, I'm too athletic to uh, give up on athletics already. So started training.
0: A storyline heading into almost every one of your fights has been how comfortable you are on the ground with that wrestling background, but you show off your striking as well. How far has your striking come along in seven amateur fights?
1: Dude, it's ridiculous. It's actually, it's actually, um, it's crazy, man. Seriously. I found a video from like before my first fight and my striking was terrible, man. It was not good at all. So, uh... I kinda was just going in there and street fighting, you know, using my wrestling, just uh throwing bombs. Very I'm uh, more technical now, man. Save your energy, pick your shots, no know, know when to throw your shots. So it's uh I've came a long way, yeah. It's it's uh it's crazy. I'm telling you this video that I found the other day, I was like, Wow, dude, my striking was terrible. And I probably thought it looked good too.
0: So you've come that far with your striking. How much further do you think you can take your striking skills and, and, and stand up in MMA?
1: Oh, man, there's, that, that's the coolest thing about this sport is there's just always room to grow. There's so much stuff, man. You got striking, you got wrestling. Like, I can always get better at wrestling. Work my wrestling in MMA because wrestling and MMA aren't the same thing, but use my wrestling for MMA purposes. Jiu-Jitsu use my wrestling and work it with jujitsu. so there's just there's always room to grow man work on kicking uh getting more flexible there's just always more stuff to get better at in mma it's the coolest sport man
0: we've both mentioned your uncle a couple times let's name drop it now matt the hammer hamel is your uncle what's it like having him as your uncle and having him there for every step of your career it's
1: awesome, man. Me and him have built, uh, he lived in New York most of my life. We'd always, I'd see him a couple times a year, but uh, when he moved back since that, man, we've built a great relationship. We're like best friends, dude. So we're always texting talking about fighting. He obviously trains me. I also trained down at a uh, vision MMA in Hyde Park, but now it's awesome. He, uh, he fought some old heads, man. He uh, fought, I think five world champions. He fought rampage went to decision with rampage beat tito ortiz rich franklin who else john jones mike bisbing he got robbed by mike bisbing uh john jones yeah that's a that's a crazy one he uh a lot of people don't know this but my uncle matt had terrible management man he was he got a lot of his money taken and uh coaching too he he would train out in the gym like he was a world-class wrestler, man, wrestled in the Olympics and everything. But he would train out in the gym in Utica just with coaches. Like, he wouldn't, if he would have been at, like, you know, a top gym, like American top team or uh, somewhere out there. What was, uh, what are the other gyms back in the day? He, if he would have been at an actual camp, man, my uncle would have been unstoppable. He was just, you know, he trusted the wrong people. And uh, it's cool because I get to learn from it. And um, I have a buddy who's actually in sports management. He's about to get his degree, his uh, bachelor's degree, and then he's going to law school as well. And uh, he's going to be my manager. So, but no, it's awesome. My, it's super cool.
0: Yeah, and it's great that you can kind of learn from the experiences that he had in his legendary career in the UFC. You name dropped a couple guys there that he fought, and I mentioned that John Jones fight where he won from those illegal elbows. But what do you make? of that fight because nowadays it kind of gets talked about you know because John Jones he was hitting him with elbows but they were illegal so technically your uncle did win the fight
1: yeah I mean I saw uh Chael Sonnen dropped the video earlier this year and he was talking about it. he's like man we have very few rules in this sport like you can't poke in the eye you can't hit people in the in the nuts and you can't um throw 12 to 6 elbows so he's like was saying like matt hamill won that fight which i i mean yeah i believe he won that fight he was obviously getting beat up he uh, what he tells me is when he got taken down he had never been taken down john jones was the only dude to take him down and uh in all of his fights and he got taken out when he went to catch himself he's he broke his collarbone like he put his arm back to catch him because jones did like a leg sweep or something and uh he broke his collarbone, so then when he was on the ground he couldn't give up, he was trying to defend himself and he could barely get his right arm up, so he was just getting mauled on. Yeah, man. I don't know how to look at it. Yeah. It's uh like I said, he was it is what it is. He won the fight.
0: Do you have a favorite fight in your uncle's career?
1: Um, probably the Tito Ortiz fight. And uh this is funny because it's like a surreal moment. We were in my backyard and Someone in Loveland, you know, everybody he's from Loveland, so everybody to watch him fight. And uh, we had a projector TV screen, like one of those big blow up projector TV screens set up in our backyard. And I remember Tito had been talking a bunch of crap, just maybe trying to sell the fight, whatever, but my uncle he was my uncle's coach on the ultimate fighter. And he picked my uncle to win the ultimate fighter. My uncle got fight on got hurt on the ultimate fighter. And you know Tito, after that, he, he my uncle still got a UFC contract. Bisping ended up winning the uh, Ultimate Fighter, but um, we were watching that fight in the backyard, and I remember he just he beat the hell out of Tito. And I remember being a kid, and I was like, I want you know I want to do this someday, and kind of just like throwing it out there. And man, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a dream. It's a cool moment. I'm taking small steps to get get to where I want to be. So.
0: I'm sure your uncle was supportive, but was the rest of your family supportive when you said, hey, you kind of want to follow in his footsteps and become a fighter yourself?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. My uh, my brothers were were happy and my dad was happy. My mom kind of, you know, it's MMA. So she uh, she's supportive now that she's happy for me. She just, she don't want, want to see me get hit in the face and mm-hmm. stuff. So,
0: How big is Team Hammer? And are you guys looking to expand at all, like your fight team or keep it that closed circle that you have now?
1: I mean we have some people up there. There's people that come in there to train that aren't really looking to fight. But we don't we don't have that many people, quite honestly. That's um I just love like doing pad work with my uncle and learning new techniques and just him uh spitting game to me and it's cool having him in my corner man cuz he uh when I've listened to him, my I wasn't really listening to him my first couple fights, and I'm like, man, if I would have listened to him more, because, you know, I was just kind of getting in there and zoning out. But now that I'm more comfortable, man, I'm getting in there, I'm calm. Been listening to him. It's been uh, great. But, yeah, uh, we're always looking to have more people at the gym. It's in Landon, Ohio. Whether you're just wanting to learn how to defend yourself or, or become a fighter, whatever.
0: You bring a lot of people to each event. And so what does it mean to you to have so many family members and friends and attendance for your fights and just have that support system in general, I guess.
1: It's awesome, man. Like I said, I'm trying to build a brand here. Fighting's not just fighting, especially when you turn pro. You see the guys who make a lot of money in the sport. They have big, big fan bases behind them. They're, they're fun. They're entertaining. So I don't have to act like nobody, like somebody I'm not. You see people getting up here and they're repeating stuff Conor McGregor said, or and it's just corny, man. It's corny. Like if if the time comes, if I need to talk shit, I'll talk shit. I've been talking shit my whole life, growing up, playing sports. So, uh, like I said, I don't have to act like someone I'm not. But it's uh, the support is amazing, man. I love it. It really does make me happy. So, it's it's super
0: cool. Yeah, and you deliver a show every single time. What does it say about your fighting style that, in three of your four wins, you have legit put your opponent to sleep in one way or another?
1: Um, uh, man, I got heavy hands, so I got heavy hands, and I want to keep getting my. Uh, once I once I get my jujitsu to where it needs to be, that's that's the time to turn pro. I think so. That's my my biggest goal right now. I've been slacking a little bit on jujitsu. Just uh, so focused on striking, and uh, I feel like my striking's at a high enough level to uh, turn pro. I want to get an amateur belt this year, which might be in the works for a couple fights, so I just got to figure it out, see what I'm going to do. But, yeah, um, when I wrestled, man, I would pin everybody. I would always finish my matches quick. I want it to be the same way in fighting. Obviously, prepare for the full fight, you know, be ready to go the distance take someone so but uh i want to be a finisher that's the most exciting stuff that's what people pay to watch right mm. people get knocked out or, or put to sleep so i would love for that to uh that's what i want my style to be for sure
0: is there any other feeling in the world personally for you where you have that rush from winning by not only finishing your opponent but literally leaving them motionless on the canvas after the the knockout punch or in the, your most recent fight the submission.
1: Man, there's nothing like—I don't think there's any feeling in the world like getting in the cage, dude. I—it's uh, crazy, you know. You just—you zone out. It's cool. It's like—it's a gladiator sport, dude. It's like you go in there and it's just two people trying to hurt each other. It's an awesome sport, but no, there's no other feeling like like winning. But like I said, man, it's been cool to grow and honestly learn to lose and accept loss and, and learn from it and not not let it bring you down. You know, some people, like you said, they'll lose, man, and it'll look at Ronda Rousey. Some people lose and they don't know how to take it. So there's always people out there. There's some bad dudes out there, man. So it's it's just about being a bad dude yourself and putting the work in, having that confidence.
0: And how important is it that you got over that hurdle in your amateur career when you were you had that three fight losing streak but like that was in your amateur career before you even turned pro you mentioned ronda rousey but like you're already past that level especially mentally
1: uh, it's huge it's huge man i i uh, i think i needed that i think i needed those losses honestly I, I needed those losses uh it was huge to uh get over that get a win and once i once i got a win man i I got back and i'm like all right liam hamill's back man Mm -hmm. liam hamill's back i found myself again i was in the gym man i was just vibing having fun and uh remembering remembering who i am so i'm definitely gonna uh make a name for myself and it's cool having my uncle's name behind me but um i'm extremely excited for the future Uh, i love fighting man i've honestly fallen in love with it it's all i think about and uh I'm excited, dude, and I appreciate you for having me on here. This has been a good talk.
0: Yeah, of course, man. I appreciate you coming on the show as always. You talked about amateur titles, and you've actually fought for one before and lost for B2 Fighting Series. What would it mean to you to get to that next level in your amateur career and have gold wrapped around your waist?
1: Be awesome. It's just a next step in the path, man. I uh, I'm looking looking to get one scheduled, so uh, uh, it might be my next fighter. It might be one more, and then that. So. I would love to have a belt. Like I said, it's the next step. And uh, get my name out there more. Win a belt. I need be sure.
0: it. Sounds like you have some offers on the table. When can fans expect to see the Hitman back in action?
1: Somewhere in the next next two months. So we'll see. I'm, I'm weighing out my options. A couple of them are in Ohio. I'm not a big fan of the same-day weigh-ins for a fight. So same day weigh-ins no kicks knees to the head you almost uh, I think in Ohio they favor wrestlers Ohio's a big a big wrestling state but I've been needing the head I've need people in the head so it's part of MMA part of learning I don't want to take away part of the rule set just to uh fight close to home
0: so so it sounds like you're definitely trying to get in there at least one more time in 2023.
1: Man, the two for sure, two for sure. I uh, I just gotta figure it out. Like I said,, uh, at the end of this week, I should have it mapped out pretty well, but man, man, maybe three, three would be awesome, but two for sure.
0: Yeah, three more this year would be insane. If you stay on that pace that you're on now, when would Turning Pro come into your career?
1: Four and three, I uh, set a goal this year that I wanted to get to seven and three, you know, I think that looks pretty good. That looks all right. And then, yeah, turn pro I got to win these fights and, uh, focus on each fight by fight, but keep winning, do it in good fashion. And it's getting, getting to that time. I'm 21, you know, I'm not trying to rush it, work on my jujitsu, but, um, yeah, not rush it, but when the time's right, the time's right. So I think I'm, I'm getting to that point. I'm ready to start getting paid. And,
0: uh, make it happen man you said that you established that one goal and when i have fighters on the show for the first time i like asking them about why they're in the sport what they're trying to achieve and some of those goals as well so what are some of your goals in mixed martial arts man
1: i have a bunch i don't want to sound too crazy here i always (laughs) i always write goals down but just man just keep growing and learning becoming the best uh The best version of liam hamill that i can be and that's that's the coolest thing about this sport is like i said there's always room to grow room to learn and uh man when you're in camp and you're pushing yourself to get to get in peak level shape you learn a lot about yourself because there's always going to be that voice in your head when you hit a certain point when you're training and it's a hard-ass training you're going to hit a point where it's either you quit or you embrace being tired so I've learned to embrace being tired. Even a fight, there might be some point where you get tired, but if mentally that can't break you, nothing's going to break you. So um, some goals. Yeah, get to seven and three. That's one of my goals. If I can't get three more fights this year, I'll do one more next year. But get an amateur belt, turn pro. Man, try to maybe try to get on the ultimate fighter like my uncle did and then work for there. But I'll give you those ones for now.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. One more for you. This time next year, August 2024, where are you at?
1: August 2024.
0: Hopefully I'm pro with uh, two wins, man. Sounds good, man. Let's do it. Well, uh, before we wrap up, man, uh, anything you want to shout out, whether it be social media handles, sponsors, things going on at the gym, the floor is yours, man.
1: Shout out my teammates. Shout out all my sponsors. Um, the new merch looks great, man. Good man, Liam Hamill MMA. Uh, yeah, that's my Instagram Hamill. Shout out Liam Hamill MMA. Trying to build a brand. I'm not out here buying followers like other people. I got real, uh, genuine support behind me. So uh, I'm excited, man. I appreciate you, I appreciate you for having me on here. This was fun. Good talk. First podcast, knocked it out.
0: Yes, sir, man. Thanks again, Liam, for joining me on the show. I was excited to come across your social media pages during Fight Week last week, and even more so after the performance you put on in that fight. Before I let you go, anyone who's listened to Forge in Ohio knows that there's only one way I like to end these conversations, and it's with the O-H-I-O chant. So I'll be out here, man. O-H-I-O Thanks, Liam. Thanks again for coming on, especially so soon after that win. I wish you the best moving forward, and let's reconnect after a a couple more wins, man.
1: Sounds good, brother. I appreciate you.
0: That was Liam the Hitman Hamill, the 4-3 and three amateur mixed martial artist who tucked in his most recent opponent, told him a bedtime story, and put him to sleep in an anaconda choke in the very first round. He won his debut by unanimous decision, but his three other wins have all come inside the very first round. Liam quickly put that three-fight losing streak in the rearview mirror, and when people ask What have you done lately? Well, the Hitman has had back-to-back first-round finishes in under four months. So how does that sound? It sounds pretty, pretty darn good, if I say so myself. I can't wait to see this exciting welterweight prospect in action next as he prepares to take his amateur career to the next level. I said last week that I had some pretty exciting things on the horizon for Forge in Ohio, and one of them was this, putting Forge in Ohio on YouTube doing video interviews, and giving you the option to not only listen to the show but now watch it as well it would mean a lot if you just click the subscribe button it's free and comment down below to let me know what you think of this new journey that fortune ohio and the show is really taking here also give the other platforms some love still don't forget to continue downloading episodes on your favorite podcast platform and follow at in ohio on both instagram and facebook if you haven't already Thank you all for watching or tuning in now. I've been your host, Jake Murrin and this was Forged in Ohio.